You ready for the word? Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. Let me pull out my pilot's glasses so I can fly. Hallelujah. In the last Sunday, we were talking about a move of God, and we were talking about, you know, uh, well, we talked about airplanes, we talked about all kinds of stuff, flying by 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 faith and not by sight and talking about a move of God. America needs a move of God. He's not moving everywhere, guys. He's not moving everywhere. Now, he is everywhere, but he's not moving everywhere. Let's think about that for a minute because I'm going to read a scripture to you in a minute. And I just got through telling you God loves church. He loves church. But not every church in America, God is in it. He's not moving. Now, it doesn't mean he doesn't want to because he does want to. There's a scripture, behold, I stand at the door and knock. I think he's talking about church. He told um, 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 Pearson's, Terry Pearson has an um, eagle, George Pearson's. He says, I want my church back. Not every church is obeying God. And I don't say that, you know, us versus them or anything like that. But we need a church where God shows up. I don't want to have a church. If if he's not coming, then I don't want to come either. I want to be where he is. I want to be watching him. I want, to be, I want to be working with God. So it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, as, as I begin to read this, what does it take to get God to show up? It's quite a statement. Because sometimes, you know, you go into churches, and, 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 and I'm, I'm glad that the, this church is a little noisy. But it's funny to hear people come to me and say, I came to your church for a while, Pastor, and and then I went home. And I said, well, how was that? And they went, dead. If quiet is a move of God, where is he? He's not everywhere. Anything living makes noise. Heaven's noisy. Hell's noisy. Get ready. You're going one or the other. Amen. So, so let's, let's, talk about, let's talk about having a move of God and what that takes. It says in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, As it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard nor entered the heart of man the things God prepared for those who love him. Now, that's an Old Testament scripture. And it says, it says I hadn't heard, seen and ear hadn't heard. And, and in the Old Testament, that was true. Then verse 10 says, but... But God hath revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. Can you know God? Yes, you can. What man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man that's in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Holy Ghost. Now, we have received not the spirit of the world, spirits from God, so that we may know, we can know the things that have freely been given to us by God. God's not holding them from you. He wants you to know them. These things we speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Verse 14, but the natural man, and I believe he's talking here about a non-saved man, and that's where we're going to go to begin with. The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. They are foolishness to him, nor can he know them they're spiritually discerned or understood. He who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. Who has known the mind of the Lord that we might instruct him? Well, we have the mind of Christ. 
Now let's come back to verse 14. It says, the natural man does not receive the things of God. They're foolishness to him. Now think about this for a minute. 80% of the people in the world in the United States are not born again. They don't believe they need what you have. To them, the cross. You sitting in here Sunday morning, listening to a guy preach, bringing your family to church, that's foolishness to the world. I want to read it to you. So right from Paul, I want you to read what the world thinks about your belief in Jesus. And we can see it all around us right now. There's a conflict in the earth today between right and wrong, between Jesus and, 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 and all of hell. And that's every war in the earth is a spiritual war. It's a religious war. The war in Iraq and Iran and Jerusalem, it's spiritual. The war in America is spiritual. It is not political. So let's look at 1 Corinthians 1.18. The message of the cross is foolishness to those that are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I'll destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where's the scribe? Where's the disputer of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom didn't know God. The world, listen to me. I don't, and I'm not down on any of this. So just listen to me. I'm not picking on it. You will never find truth in a university. You won't go to school and come out with more of God. You won't find him in pleasure. You're not going to find him. The world does not know how to find him. They don't know who he is. They don't know anything about him. And if you follow the way they do it, you won't find him either. The, the world doesn't know God. They don't know anything about him, how he operates. It's funny when politicians quote the Bible. That's, that's hilarious. And they want to talk to us about morality as they abort babies. That's really funny. Pro-homosexual moral man. That's good. Stupid. For since the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God, and it pleased God through the foolishness of the message to preach, to save those who believe. The Jews, they look for a sign. Greeks, they look for wisdom. We preach Christ crucified. To the Jews, that's a stumbling block. To the Greeks, foolishness. But to those who are called, both Jew and Greek, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For you see your calling, brethren, that not many of you are wise according to your flesh, not many mighty, but noble, and not many noble are even called. God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to put to shame things that are mighty. The base things of the world, things that are despised, God chose them. The things that are not to bring to nothing, what, is, what are? That no flesh would glory in his presence. But of him you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. That is written, let him who glories, glory in the Lord. Go to Romans chapter 3 with me. Let's talk for a minute about the foolishness of the cross. Let's talk about what it is that we believe that the world thinks is so nuts. I'm going to ask you a question, and I need you to think with me. 
for a minute. Don't just blurt out, but really think. You have friends and family and in-laws that are not Christians. How much good is in them? None. There's not a speck of good in an unsaved man. Not, not one one millionth of a percent. I want you to think about that for a minute. That's a powerful thought. I'm going to show it to you in the Bible. I'm going to read it to you. Sometimes, you know, we get around people. When I was in Israel, it's amazing to watch the Jews try to keep the law to become righteous. And, and, and what, you know, it just what, the, the, the things we saw them do, and we're sitting there going, oh, that's crazy. That's crazy. Did you know that when you get in a, in a, in a hotel, there's a Jewish elevator and a Gentile elevator? You didn't know that? You know why? Because a Jew cannot hit a button on the Sabbath. The elevator has to take him to his room and it has to stop at every floor. It's work. He'll go to hell if he pushes the button. Y'all are shaking your head like, yeah, that's what I said. I got on an elevator with a Jew and I said, what floor? And he goes, He said, I can't tell you, I'm Jewish. I said, okay. He said, pick one. I said, okay. And I'm thinking, it's the Sabbath and he can't work. Because he's attempting to become righteous. And he's in an elevator with a man full of God. And, he ha- and I'm going, I'll push it for you, hallelujah. And, 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 and. And, and I'm thinking, this is crazy. You're crazy. And he thinks I am. These crazy Gentiles come over here from America, push a button for me. And I'm going, you can't push your own buttons? They're looking at me like, that is crazy. Romans 3, 9, what then are we better than they? Not at all. For we've previously charged both Jews and Greek, they're all under sin. As it is written, there is none righteous. Now we're talking about a sinner here. So we're not talking about you. No, not one. None understands. None seeks God. They've all turned aside. They've all become unprofitable. There is none who does good. No, not one. Their throat is an open tomb. Their tongues they practice deceit. The poison of asp is under their lips, and whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are their ways. And the way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Don't you think about this. And these are people that are trying to earn their way to God. They're dead. They're dead. Sin has killed them. They're dead. When they die, this is heavy, God's going to throw them in hell. That's what they're worth. Now, let's get real. That's what you're worth without Jesus. That's a heavy thought. What did he see when he came to this earth? Nothing. What was valuable? Nothing. Nothing. 
I want you to think about this for a minute. I was reading John Bevere's book the other day about how big God is. Did you know that if the earth was the size of a peppercorn and the sun was the size of a volleyball, it would be 22 yards away. How far do you think the next star in the galaxy would be based on that scenario? Hawaii. Everybody go, wow. That's a long, that's, that's a long way. That's, the universe is huge. Then it says, there are billions and billions of stars, and God knows them all by name. Then it says he measures the whole universe in the palm of his hand. And he looks at our peppercorn and goes, and, and I don't know whether it's an angel talking to him, who's talking to God, but in, in Psalm 8, it's, there's a, somebody posed a question. What is man that you're enamored with him? What, what is it? What are you looking at? What, what is it that has your attention down there? I mean, you are God, and you're enamored with this peppercorn full of worthless people? So much so that he came to peppercorn, became a man, paid your debt, and then when Jesus comes in you, Finally, there's something in you that makes you valuable. So the only thing you have to glory in is God. That's the only thing you have to get excited about today. Well, that's powerful. That's powerful. Now, I'm not one of these, I'm an old sinner saved by grace. But sometimes we need to remember you were an old sinner. Without God and without hope in the earth. And the only thing in you any good at all is Jesus. So it says that if we're going to glory, let us glory in the cross. We glory in the cross. To the world they think, that's crazy. That is crazy. There's these people, they come to church and they, and they sing and they dance about a cross. Crazy foolishness. It does seem a little crazy. When I was a sinner, I didn't know I needed a Savior. I didn't know I needed to be saved. I didn't know I needed to be born again. I didn't go to underground Atlanta. I didn't go to Atlanta to get saved. I went to underground Atlanta. On my way there, I ran into God. I found, he found me. I wasn't even looking for him. Didn't even know I needed him. And I met him and I went, cool. This was awesome. Do you understand how much love there was for God to look at a world full of people that in the, according to the word of God, were worthless. Yeah. 
and yet he paid the debt and bought us, became a human. The Jews were looking for a, a victor, a redeemer, not a savior. They're still, the world still doesn't believe they need anything for their sin. Oh, yeah, you do. If he's not Lord, you're going to hell. There's nothing in you worth saving without Jesus being inside of you. So, so what happens when you come to church and we get excited? That's not foolish. It, we look foolish. Jumping and hollering and... Especially to some churches, I mean, we're noisy. Noise, noise, noise. Who said that? The Grinchy Christian. Those people down there, it's noise, noise, noise. And they got their, their bazooka boobles and their drummy boobles and their, and their guitar boobles. And they dance and they holler and they, and I've heard they run aisles and jump and shout and Noise, 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 foolishness, <laughs> foolishness. It might appear that way to some. Go to Romans chapter 8. The foolish, the foolishness of God. I mean, I want to read that about one today. The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit, they're foolishness to him. Foolishness. So let's talk about another one now. So we come in, we believe in Jesus, then we learn about this thing called tongues. Now I want you all to do something with me right now and pretend for a minute that you're not one of us. Get your back real straight, act dignified. You've come into a church and the pastor says, Does anybody know what he said? Um, certainly I didn't understand a thing he said. What is that? I think it's Tom. What? It's tongues. What's tongues? Well, they believe <laughs> that the Holy Ghost <laughs> makes them say stuff. <laughs> they don't know what they're saying. <laughs> oh, those people. <laughs> yeah, well, that's wild. Why? Doesn't God know what you need before you pray? I don't see the need in that foolishness. Utter foolishness. Why would God 
need you to pray and ask him in gibberish. <laughs> and you don't even know what you're saying. <laughs> if we could just get out of here right now, we'll go and find some sane people. Utter nonsense, utter nonsense. Now in the natural, in the natural, doesn't that sound a little weird? That we need to, to, to talk in words we don't have any clue what we're doing? Isn't that just a little weird? To the mind, yes. To your flesh, you bet your boots, baby. Your natural man fights you. Can I prove it to you? Do you remember a month ago when y'all prayed in tongues for 30 seconds? I'm nailing somebody down right now real hard. Uh, this is how it went. Father, I know they said in church that we should pray like this. I don't have a clue what I'm saying. I feel so stupid. So, Heavenly Father, I think I'll just complain and call it praying. And off in English you go. Y'all remember? Because your mind goes... What are you saying? Is that baby gibber? That makes no sense. What are you doing? Isn't there another piece of coconut pie in the refrigerator? Where did Lisa hide that piece of chocolate anyway? Come on, come on, the natural man. See, we're talking about God moving. God is not... We're not having a problem with him. He's having a problem with us. We're, we're, we're reading our Bible and we're going, foolishness. This is foolishness. Romans 8, 26. Look at this. Likewise, the Spirit helps you in your weaknesses. Why? I'm going to tell you why. God wants to help you. And there's not enough information in your dumb brain to help you. I did, I'm not being ugly. You, you do not know what you're doing. So God in his wisdom, he's looking down from heaven and he goes, okay, Jesus, we got the salvation thing. You're going to go down, you're going to take their place, you're going to die, you're going to rise from the dead, we're going to put righteousness in them. Golly, they're dumb. I mean, I mean, I mean Satan's been training them, and I mean, they're, they're just, oh, they're, they're a mess. Well, Father, they should, we should teach them to pray. It would take us thousands and thousands of years. 
And you, son, you were with me for eternity before you went. And, but the, they don't have that advantage. I've got it. Why don't we send the Holy Ghost and make them pray in a language they don't know? <laughs> Foolish, but it'll work. <laughs> right? Am I right? Yeah. To your mind. This thing is crazy. It's crazy. You know how many people, you know, the women that have prayer meetings Monday night, they say this to me, Pastor, watch who you send in here. Because the average woman that walks in a prayer meeting where Shirley is praying, And Betty May is praying. And Betty Lowe's is praying. That's scary. There's nothing that's happening in there looks dignified at all. I mean, they're waving their hands, prophesying things, dancing in the spirit. And the average person that walks in off the street, they go, where's the door? What are they doing? What are they saying? I don't know. I think it's Hebrew. No, maybe it's Spanish. No. Portuguese. No. Japanese. Hey, let's just leave. They never knew we were here. <laughs> Foolishness. Yes. Think about this Sunday morning. We're up here leading worship. Someone starts singing in tongues. Sha-da-da-da-ba-pa-son-u. What's that? Oh, I don't know the words. I don't either. Just, just stand there and look spiritual for a minute. They've all got their eyes closed anyway. They don't see that we're not praying. Okay. Where are we going for lunch? You understand how weird? That's weird. In the natural. Now listen to me. Every problem you have, 100% of them, he would fix them if you would pray in the Holy Ghost. Foolish? No. It's the wisdom of God. Beloved, build yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Does your flesh fight you? Yes. Is the natural man? Yes. Well, that's why you come to church, because you've got to get over being a natural man. 
I know this sounds crazy. It's fixing to get worse. I mean, better. I want you to go to John chapter 2. We're talking about obeying God and having move of God. You want a move of God. Do you really, do you really? I mean, come on. I mean, you really want God to show up at your church. All right, okay. Because I'm going to show you, I'm going to show you something. John chapter 2. Jesus has been invited to a marriage at Word of Life. <laughs> On the third day, there was a wedding in Apopka. Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding, and when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus walked up and said, Honey, they don't have any wine. He said, Woman, what's that to me? And the mother said to the servants, Whatever Jesus says to you, do it. And you said, I'll pray about it. <laughs> now there was six water pots of stone sitting in the children's church. And Jesus said, go fill them with water and give it to the groom. And the guy said, I don't think I'm going to do that. Excuse me. What? I want you to fill up these water pots with water and then take it and give it to the groom. No. They want wine. Call, call the store. Get, some, get call Publix. Pray for some wine. But I mean, I am not... I'm not giving, I'm not going to fill up. These things are 30 gallons of water. I'm not filling up a pot with 30 gallons of water and giving it to the bride and the group. You, you, got, you have lost your mind. That's stupid, and I'm not doing it. Now, let me make a statement to y'all. When God moves, whatever he asks you to do, will appear stupid to you. I am not. Pray for the wine and pray that Publix will bring it and I'll get an agreement. <laughs> no, you're not going to believe it. I just walked in there and he just asked me to fill up. This church is crazy. First, first, they speak in tongues. And now, they want to. Give water to you're crazy. I'm not doing it. I ain't doing it. Now you might think that's a light thing because that's not what happened. Why didn't that happen? Because they were servants. They have never been taught to have an opinion. But American Christians all have an opinion. Based on your peanut brain. <laughs> what you learned in school. Oh, let's move on. John chapter 9. 
I'm doing pretty good. Thank you. In the first service, I, I taught them that if you can't say amen, <laughs> at least, at least belch, do, just do something. I want to know you're alive. There's a church down the street. There was a church down the street and the guy died of a heart attack and they killed 30 people out before they found a dead guy. <laughs> I don't want anybody hauling you out because you look dead. Anyway, if you came into church and there's buzzards circling overhead, they're waiting on you to leave. Okay, John chapter 9. Are you there? I'm waiting on you. 9-1. And Jesus passed by and saw a man who was blind from birth. And his disciples said, Rabbi, who sinned? His man or his parents? Sure he sinned in his mother's womb, you dingbat. That's really good. What a wicked little, um, um, uh, what, what do you call that? Um, embryo. Embryo he was. And Jesus says, neither this man nor his parents, but that the works of God... I must work the works him sent me while it's coming day. And as long as I'm in the world, I'll have the world. And when he said these worlds, he spit. Gross. It's a goober, guys. It's a goober. And then he stooped. This is God. Or at least he says he is. And he reaches down with his finger and he takes the goober and he mixes dirt with it and he picks it up and it, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> and he walks over and go, are you the God that's blind? He goes, yep. Because he's, well, obviously he can't see him. He says, I have something for you. <laughs> he stuffs the goober up in the socket. And then he says, can you see? And he goes, no. Well, I want you to take that goober and go all the way to the other side of Jerusalem to a pool and wash the goober out with that water. That's stupid. That's stupid. Is it? I mean, now I'm talking naturally. I mean, now here's us thinking, Jesus, just pray for him. And you prayed for the other guy who was blind. You didn't put a goober in his head. Are you, I'm trying to get, I'm trying. Folks, I gotta, we've got to learn something. God is not doing it your way. You're going to do it his and if his way does not seem right to you, he doesn't care. So here's a good question. Why didn't he just speak to it and not take the poor man stumbling through the city looking for a pool who can't see? Now think naturally. Stupid? I'm going to say this now because we're going to go on. 
The issue that you and I are having with God is when he says something to you, you analyze it. Well, that don't make no sense. I'm not doing that. So, so what happens if we're having a service and God says, run? What? Um, I'm praying about my ankle. It it's, hurts. And I can't run. I'm, I'm believing for healing. And what do you want me to do? I can't. No. No, 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 no. God, have Shirley come lay her hands on me. Who's running the show? Here's the problem. What does running have to do with? Well, I don't know. Are y'all? It makes no sense. We're going to take the city, boys. How are we going to do it, Josh? We're going to shout it down. Oh, really? We're going to walk up and go, hallelujah. And the walls are going to fall. You're crazier than Moses. Let's just sit here a while and think about it for a while, because some of y'all are going, that's what I would have done. I would not have gone off of that and shot about that one. Because, and you say, oh, I would have. I would have been in that crowd marching and shouting. <laughs> Honey, we can't even get you to lift your voice in church. I know good and well you ain't going to shout. You know why? Makes no sense to me. I don't know what it is about these people down there, but I mean, the pastor gets up and they start, he says, shouting to God with a voice of triumph. And I'm going, well, I agree with that. But you think I'm going to stand there and just make a fool out of myself and utter a fool out of myself right there? I'm not going to do it. I'm not, I'm not going to do it. And I've never seen God do anything anyway. And I want someone to explain it to me. Explain it to me. I want to understand this. Well, don't tell me shouting because the shouting, that's the most stupid thing I've ever... Shout at the devil. Are you serious? Little red horn guy in pajamas. I'm not doing it. I can't wait to get out of here and get back to my church where people have a sane, intelligent human beings <laughs> shouting at the devil. You've lost your mind. And that preacher down there, and everybody's hollering and shouting. I thought, see nothing I see. I don't understand anything they said. And, and when he started that gibberish, I was out of there. I was out. <laughs> you ready for another one? 
The bad thing is the whole Bible's full of this. And I got all day, Luke 5. Luke 5, let's go to Luke 5. Peter needs a miracle. <laughs> so it was a multitude pressed about and hear the word of God, and he stood on the lake Gennesaret, and two boats stand by the lake, fishermen going home, washing nets. He got one of them, started preaching the word. And he sat down, and he stopped, and he says, Hey, Peter, get your net, push off on the shore, throw it over the boat, catch some fish. Peter looks at him and says, <clears throat> excuse me. First of all, you are a carpenter, and I'm a fisher. And I know my business. Fish can see the net. Smile, Jesus, and look intelligent. Listen to me. We fished all night. We James, John, fisherman. We've been doing this all of our life. We didn't catch a thing. Now listen, pay attention to me. I know you're a rabbi. Number two, there's no fish right here. You'll have to go in the deep and you have to go at night. But to humor you, James, chunk a net over this is what's going on. I found out that St. Peter's fish is a tilapia. Some of y'all, it's a Nile perch. I did not know that's what Peter's been catching. Those are the fish that I shoot with my bow. And I got on there and said, you and I know all about this fish. If you're going through the lake and he sees you, boom, they're gone. That fast. They leave dust in the lake where they were. Mud. Dust and water. Josh, I didn't want to confuse you. And they get off that bed so fast you don't see them leave. They just yep. shoo, they're gone. Yep. All they got to do is see you. And they're going to see a net. Foolishness. Yeah. Yeah. This is not the way it's done. Now, I'm going to stop right here because I'm going to explain something to everybody, all of us in this room. God is not doing your miracle your way. That's true. Amen. That is true. That's true. I know you've been praying about it, standing, confessing, and it hadn't come. You might want to find out what he wants you to do. And I promise you, it'll be stupid. Not, no, you don't want to do that. No, no, no. That's, that's my favorite one. I'll give the other one. No, 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 no. I bind you in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Y'all know this story. Come on, let's go look at another one. First Kings chapter 17. We got, we got, we got hours I had three grunts and a. <laughs> this is one of my favorites. This is one of my favorites. Are, are y'all getting this? I, I'm, I'm, all, I'm making a point because 
I asked you last week, do y'all want to move of God? Nobody says, yes, I want to move of God. But I'm going to tell you something. When we come into church and everything doesn't go according to your schedule, I mean, what if we'd have just kept going a while ago? We already lost half of y'all because the timing was off. I mean, Josh Brown's going to make the announcements. We're pretty sure of that. And, um, and sing, Lisa never sings, but she sang one too many songs today. <laughs> and now pastor's up there and, you know, Shondai, Shondai, tie my bow tie. And I brought my relatives and they came to hear him preach. And if he doesn't preach, when we'll be very disappointed if all that shows up is God. <laughs> Do, do y'all understand how you start moving the crowd? You, you are putting the brakes on. You're, you're stopping the move of God. Flesh does not work well with God. I was going to say something and I got checked. First Kings 17. Elijah's been down at the brook Cherith, and the brook ran out, and they took authority over the brook, but it didn't work. <laughs> and the ravens were bringing him food, and they stopped coming. And verse 8 says, the word of the Lord came and says, go to Zarephath, which is a rise and belongs to Sidon. I've commanded a widow to provide for you. And he rose and went to Zarephath, and he walked up to a woman who's hungry and broke. Yeah. And we know he's fat. Because he's been eating for a week. So I want you to get this picture. We have a fat, charismatic, Bible-believing, prosperity-believing preacher driving a brand new car that walks up to a woman in a church who has no money. This is what's happening. And he says, bake me a cake. And she says, excuse me, you big, fat, Pentecostal, charismatic, faith and word, prosperity preacher. Let me tell you something, Leroy. You drove up here in a Cadillac and I drove up in a doodle bug. I haven't eaten in a week and I have no rent money and I ain't giving you 10 cents. Ooh, hello, America. Wow. Hello, USA. Yes. <laughs> I, that is what happened, guys. Listen, listen. She is Poor. Yes, she is. And then the news media called. They called the news. We are down here at Word of Life Church where there is a Pastor Daryl Morgan drove up in a brand new pickup truck. And he took up an offering this morning and an elderly woman, a poor elderly woman, was in the service. And she has not had any money. And he took her money. And he put it in a jar for his I don't know what he did with it but we we're going to try to interview with him in just a moment and try to understand why this preacher thinks he has the right to take money from a woman that has no money at all and hardly can pay her rent and he took her money and he left and went and got a steak <laughs> 
Y'all have never watched TV because, because this is foolishness to the world. Come on, somebody. Come on. How can you do something like that? If you haven't been on, on, on the internet lately, I'm going to tell you what not to do because I know you're going to do it. Go online and, and listen to all the people criticizing the prosperity cult. And they all live in nice houses. Hypocrite. I mean, this happened. This man went to a woman and said, make me a cake. That's craziness. I thought that God was a God of love. And surely that man of God would have understood that. And he would have prayed and made her a cake and fed her. And then he would have taken his sorry fat self and sat down. And not embarrassed himself in front of that poor elderly woman. Y'all are laughing, but it's in the Bible. It's foolishness. It's foolishness. If you have $10, if you have $100 and you give 10, you have 90. Any intelligent person would know that. And rain and falling from heaven. Foolishness. I worked for my money and I worked hard for my money and I'm not giving it to no stupid preacher. We're just getting started. <laughs> that day I'm standing in a truck and I just got a job. I said, God, I need money. And he said, so you think I'm a liar? I thought, that, I, that is a dumb reply. Are you a female? Because we're not even talking about that. I'm talking about this, and you're talking about that, and I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> All the men understood everything I said. We're talking about this, and I don't know how we got off on that. <laughs> so I said to God, I do not remember saying you lied. I said, and I said it slow so he wouldn't misunderstand me. I said, I need money. And he said, so you think I lied? And I went, okay, God, one more time. I don't know why you're not getting it. 
I need money. And he said to me, why don't you give more? And I said, you're crazy. That's what I said. I don't have any now. That's why I'm praying. I want you to crank out some money and drop it on my head. You know, like the preacher's on TV, it's in the mailbox. I want to go home today, open the mailbox, and have money in the mailbox. I need money. And I don't have any to give. He said, so you think I'm a liar? I said, I didn't call you a liar. I walked out of that truck, and I went. And in my mind, I thought, that's foolish. That's foolish. But at your word. And I gave that preacher, he was fat, and he did eat ice cream, briars, with the good stuff in it, because he said he did. And I hadn't had an ice cream cone in a long time. And I remember that Sunday, I put a $5 bill in that offering, guys, listen, I watched it go out of sight. And my natural man said, fool, you have just bought a fat preacher another box of ice cream. What's going on here? My natural man's fighting with me. If you want money, you got to get all you can get and grab it and hold on to it, stuff it in your pocket. And don't tell JoJo you got none because when they find out you got some, they want some of your money. I ain't got nothing. I got it in a shoe. The next week I made 50 bucks. Extra. You know what my mind said? That was an accident. (laughs) So the next Sunday, I took my $12.50 not 51, and my $5 extra, and the tithe on the five, and I watched it go out of sight, and I thought, you idiot, he got you twice. The next week, I made 50 extra bucks. I'm starting to learn. People from Georgia can learn. (laughs) The next week, $12.50, In one year, I was out of debt and bought my first new car. I became the resident manager of the apartment complex. I got free rent, free phone, free utilities. I became the maintenance man. I started making more money in one hour at night than I was all day at Certainty. And I paid every debt in 12 months. And I went and I bought a brand new car. 
AM radio, AC when you roll the windows down. But it was new. Do you think that changed me? The foolishness. I'm, I'm trying to get done, but y'all, y'all are learning so slow. Tell me how to quit this. Tell me how to stop this. I, I want to, do you want to move a God? Are y'all ready? For, listen, it's not going to happen the way you think it is. God's not doing it, whatever it is, your way. You're going to ask him, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to do it? And it's going to seem, that's crazy. And you're going to fight in your soul to obey God. And you're going to say this, is this God or is this me? And you've never asked that stupid question before. So we know who it is. Have y'all, anybody, have y'all ever gone through this? I still go through it. Been saved over 40 years and I still go through it. It's called faith. When you walk into a church and you see God moving, I'm going to tell you something. They're following the Holy Ghost. They laid their program down at some point. Now, we, we have a program. We have, Lisa has her, her fast songs, her slow songs. But when they pray, they say, now, God, we don't have to do this. And then I go home and I get a sermon and then I lay my hands on it and I say, but Father, anything you want to do, I don't have to preach this. I want you to show up. If you guys are ready, and, and you might want to not worry about that clock, because all of y'all right now are starting to go. I know it's 10 and 11, 11 minutes and 77 seconds afterwards, and I don't know why he's still talking. You don't need to talk if God's not here, but if he's, are y'all listening? God's not doing miracles on your time, and he's not doing them your way. There's a thing called submission unto God. Holy Spirit is God. We need him back in our churches. And you don't need to be in a church where he isn't there. Don't even think about it. And is it going to be wild? Yes. Are there going to be people who come in here that act crazy and it isn't God? Yes. You've got Nikki and Paul sitting up here. You've always got, you've got a prime. I mean, just think about this. Y'all remember Green Acres? We have the opposite here. Mrs. Green Acres, Mr. New York City. This is Zsa Zsa Gabor. I'm prophesying. You guys just don't know it. Don't get embarrassed. I want you to think about the fact that if God can bring a boy from New York and marry a by God country girl, he can do anything and nobody up there ever dreamed that Paul would ever find a hillbilly and marry her. 
and they're all wondering what in the world is God doing now? And he's on the phone now going, Mom, it's really going to be okay, I promise you. No, there aren't, they don't have shotguns. Yes, they have pickup trucks. Mom, seriously, you don't, have to, you don't need to bring an escort. We're going to be fine. They have enough shotguns to take care of any problem that comes up. No, Mom, no, Mom, no, Mom. Y'all want me to keep going? I never took pastor's class because I told them I'm not a pastor. God had one on me. And then he sent me to Florida where they have four seasons, hot, hot, hotter, and hottest. We just came through our winter. It got down to 70. I'm saying this because I'm prophesying. Nothing I planned. Nothing I planned has happened. I'm leaving this area and coming over here. Nothing I planned is happening the way I planned it. Nothing I planned happened the way I planned it. And it won't for you either. Well, I got this plan. Chunk it. Is that right? Yes. By God, you better believe it. <laughs> if you want miracles, you're going to have to find out what his plan is. I could go on and on and on and on all day, all day long. I could do this. I could do this right here, telling you stories until tomorrow morning. How about the time I went to India? I don't want to go to India. I don't like Indian and I don't like curry. And an angel came and got me home. Want a miracle? Get in the middle of the will of God. Because he's going to put you in a place that you don't have any idea what you're doing. Where you didn't think you'd be going, doing what you can't do. <laughs> I go to talk to people, went to college, and I say, what are you doing? And they tell me, and I say, is that your major? Oh, no. I've never even gotten near my major. Wouldn't it have been nice if you'd have found out what your major was before you went? Boy. Y'all don't have enough time for this. <laughs> Heavenly Father, we're sitting here in a church service in the morning and these people are waiting for me to be quiet so they can go to lunch. <laughs> I'm just telling you the truth. 
But I just got through telling them how to have miracles. I just got through, we just got through preaching what you, and, and we use scripture after scripture after scripture to show. It, it, it's, it, the way you do things is really, really not the way we would do it. You have some weird stuff you do. It's to us, it seems like. But we want what you want. I want what you want. I want to do it your way, not my way. I'm tired of my way. I'm tired of the church way. I'm even tired of the American way. And right now, I'm ready to just lay my life down and go, whatever you want to do, let's just do it. It may seem weird. It may seem strange. But, I, but I've got enough faith to trust that you'll, it'll be okay. I, and I may not understand everything that you say. But I'm, but I'm okay with that. I don't have to understand everything. But I want you walking with me through life. I want to walk with you. I want to hold your hand like Adam did. And I want to walk with you and let you take me where you want me to go. The way you want me to get there. And I know it'll be an awesome adventure. If, you're, if, if I'm praying, you can pray this with me. I'm not praying by myself. What an adventure it would be. What an adventure it would be, Father God. Father, I could tell him the story about how I met my wife. That was awesome. But I didn't pick her. <laughs> I, I could tell him the story about how I got in this church, and nah, I wouldn't have picked that either. And um, I really had my sights set on the Bahamas, Father. And he ended up in a popka. Ha, ha, ha. Heavenly Father, I had my evangelistic association, and that didn't work too good, did it? But I sure am glad it didn't. I'm glad you led me in the direction I should go. I pray that everybody in the sound of my voice right now would learn what it means to draw near to God and submit to God. And find... <laughs> What a wonderful life it would be. If things are not going right for you right now, Lisa's going to call you up here in a minute. If you want to come up and pray and just lay some stuff on the altar. And I'm going to tell you something. If it isn't going well, if you've lost your peace, if you've lost your joy, that's because you're trying to do it your way. You don't have to live like that. You can live in the fullness of joy. And I give God all the glory for you. Did you all enjoy? Did you learn anything today? Thank you for listening to this powerful message by Pastor Daryl Morgan. We hope it blesses you. If you would like more info on Word of Life, sermons, and free downloads, please go to wordoflifeapopka.com. Thank you and have a blessed day.